This episode has been made possible by our friends at TaskHusky. TaskHusky.com provides theme tweaks and small development for Shopify stores. So you know those annoying small tasks that you can't do yourself but are really too small for most traditional Shopify experts? They can help you with those. They're available 24-7, have no minimums or maximums, and right now you can get your first task done for only $59 by taking $10 off with coupon code UNOFFICIAL10 when ordering from TaskHusky.com. That's TaskHusky.com. Write it down or save it in your phone. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Unofficial Shopify Podcast. I'm thrilled. It's my honor and pleasure today. We've got a wonderful guest, Ezra Firestone from Smart Marketer. And he had suggested we discuss upsell and cross-sell strategies, which you've heard me mention before. You know, when you, after, you know, getting that initial sale, that's the hard part, but by no means is your job done there. If you're not, you know, trying to add additional value for your customer, you're not going to get additional value for yourself. Um, so we're going to be discussing upsell and cross-sell strategies to really, you know, ways to, ex- uh, increase average order value and extend lifetime value and ultimately, you know, in- have a better experience for your customers and more revenue for your business. So thank you for joining us, Ezra. Woo! Happy to be here, man. <laughs> a celebration. I-, I love anything to do with Shopify and I like stuff that is unofficial. So I think you've got a really cool, uh, title there for the, for the, for the show, the unofficial Shopify uh, podcast because it actually sounds very official. So well done. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I didn't want to. I was like, you know what? I want Shopify in the name, but I don't want to run afoul. You know, I love Shopify, but I just I don't want to run afoul of like IP infringement or any way. So like, what yeah. if we just called it that? Like, what? We don't need a clever name. Just it's a Shopify it's, podcast. It's very smart, and it's, it's unofficial. <laughs> yeah. No, it's totally. It's a really really smart uh, name. I, I love this topic of conversation because if you have a business. That is driven by the ad model. So if you're not getting free organic search engine traffic, if you're not leveraging influencers um, for endorsements, you know, that you got for free somehow, and if you're not doing like stone cold straight up content marketing that you're not amplifying with ads, like if your business is based on ad model in any way, you must, you must understand upsells, cross-sells, average order value, lifetime customer value, relationship building, all these things that have allowed us to grow our biggest Shopify store uh, to be doing around $1.5 million a month. We're one of the top 20 Shopify stores, and I don't say that to brag. I just say that to, to um, you know, because in this industry, the way that you show you know what you're talking about is by sharing revenue numbers and yada, yada, yada. So that is, you know, um, this is a big part of our growth. This specific topic of conversation is a huge Part of what has allowed us to scale in the way that we've been able to scale. Question one, uh, you mentioned your store. What is your store? Boom by Cindy Joseph.com. I also have BeFriendlySkincare.com. That one does about a million dollars a year. Um, not as big. Um, and then I've got a couple other Shopify brands, which aren't, aren't as big in the couple hundred grand a year range that I don't share publicly. Yeah, I've got, um, I'm familiar with both of those because you share those revenue numbers they're held as like clear, obvious examples of here's a good store, here's good design, here are good yeah, practices. Yeah, and then everyone comes to you and yes. says, like, copy this. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, well, they're like, here's a list of features. And it's to the point now where when I see the list of features show up, I'll go, uh, <laughs> so you want it to look like boom or be friendly, right? And they're like, well, how'd you know? <laughs> 
Yeah, and you know, it's funny because we actually have a theme that we sell that has all of our conversion best practices built in, and a lot of people purchase it, and it's a great value because what we do is we actually update that theme every month with new split tests. So I'm spending fifteen to $20,000 a day on advertising and testing every page, home page, category page, uh, uh, different types of category pages based on how many products you have, product detail pages, checkouts, all these kind of things, and then we build those into our theme. And you know, it's sort of part of the game that I have gotten uh, to be okay with that being a public figure and sharing open sourcing my business, I'm going to get people who have a desire to uh, replicate that. And that's okay with me. Yeah, no, I think it, it's in, it's helpful. It helps the community and it in no way, you know, hurts you. No, um, because at the end of the day, you can have the most beautiful site in the world, but if, and, and the most highly optimized site in the world, but if you're not uh, if you don't understand the basic principles of generating visibility and um, getting someone to say yes to your offer and then monetizing and adding value to that customer, uh, which is what we're going to talk about, um, then you're, it doesn't matter. So, okay, so let's start there. How do we add value? Well, the first way that you add value is you give people what they actually want, right? So, um, like, number one, when they land on your offer page, you need to have more than one video on that page. Everyone gets like one product video. It's like, no, you need more than one. You need to show uh, features, benefits, the, the product in use, lifestyle product videos showing what it's like to actually own this thing. It's all about ownership benefit, customer testimonials. Like you need a ton of video content that shows everything that you could possibly, um, you know, that anyone could possibly want to know about your product, such as a video FAQ. People don't do this. We have a video FAQ because like people ask these questions over and over and over. Let's show them visually. Let's cater to each person uh, in the way that they prefer to consume media, and that is text, image, audio, and video. So you got to have all those on your offer pages. And then when we talk about what is a cross-sell, right? This is a, a bit of a uh, – people are confused about the difference between an upsell and a cross-sell. Well, in my opinion – a cross-sell happens. Now, of course, you could look at the description. There's going to be um, conflicting viewpoints here. But in my opinion of e-commerce, a cross-sell happens pre-purchase and upsell happens post-purchase. That's kind of a good way to separate them. So a cross-sell you could have you might also like on the product detail page. You could have something where it's like they um, have the option to add on an additional variant. It's like would you like to have um, – like I used to sell wigs and – I was the number one retailer of mullet wigs in America in 2009. <laughs> yeah, I sold the most, man. It was great. Uh, so I've been in the game a long time, and um, I was like selling Afro wigs and Elvis wigs and all this stuff. And um, I had this thing where we were on my product detail page, and I had this under – like right above the add to cart button, it said – would you like to add a wig cap for a more secure fit? And it had a little mini image of a wig cap and a checkbox. And when you check that box, it would add $4 to your order and that item to your order. And then you could press add to cart and that, in, that, in, that cross-sell item would be added to your cart along with the item that you were looking at. And that thing converted like – it converted so well, man. So, so cross, you can do cross-selling on the product detail page. You can do cross-selling. There's a lot of uh, pre-purchase uh, – they call them pre-purchase upsell apps where like you're about to go into the shopping cart and it's like, hey, would you like to add this thing on? Like Bold has one. There's another one out there. Um, I don't actually like um, interrupting someone's flow from my product detail page to my shopping cart and trying to get them to add something on because I find that that actually diminishes the number of people who check out and ultimately loses me money even though some orders do have an increased average order value. Does that make sense? No, it does. Yeah, instead of yeah. – um, like they – 
uh, when you do the modal pop-up window, which is like the real typical way to do it, you're you're interrupting the flow and you're forcing them to make a decision versus yeah. what you're suggesting is it's like it's in the cart and it doesn't break. They can choose to act on it or ignore it. Yeah, and that's a cross-sell. Now, I have actually developed an application. I have a Shopify app company. Full disclosure, guys, I am also a software developer. Uh, we have a team of 40 people. Um, we Our business model is to run e-commerce businesses, which we love, and we are just like – uh, enthusiastic and excited about and we just can't get enough of it and then to document and share what works for us in the form of, uh, of digital courses as well as software as a service so this is my business model and um, one of the pieces of software that we've recently developed is a post-purchase one-click upsell application for Shopify so basically what happens is someone goes through and you might have a cross-sell on your um, offer page right like hey add a, add a wig cap or you might have you might also like in the shopping cart or you might also like so you might have these cross-sells going through but then when they actually go through, they, they in, get into your shopping cart, they go into your checkout, and they check out. They've made their order now. That's all. It's done, right? Most people just send like 90% of stores just say, thanks so much, see you later. What we do is we do a series of post-purchase one-click upsells where we, instead of taking them to the thank you page, we take them to an offer page that says, hey, because you made a purchase today, we'd like to make you a one-time special offer on XYZ product. And with one click, you can add this to your order. And so what we're seeing is a 15 to 18% take rate across the board. We've, cr we've processed about a million dollars through this application amongst 400 Shopify stores now. We're seeing a 15 to 18% take rate on that upsell. And those upsells that you offer can be specific based on the actual individual SKUs that are in the cart. Um, and you can have one, two, or three of them. You can have a downsell. So if they say no, you can make an additional offer. There's all kinds of stuff you can do with the app. But this app is specifically designed to increase your immediate average order value without pissing your customer off or without interrupting the purchase flow. Um, so it's a post-purchase thing. And, and that's been a, a real game changer for us. Um, and we've also now built into it post-purchase email upsells and all kinds of other stuff that's very cool. Uh, the name of the app, if you want to check it out, just to do a blatant self-promotion, is called Zipify, Z-I-P-I-F-Y.com. And the application in particular that I'm discussing is called One-Click Upsell. We've got a, a myriad of other apps that are coming out, landing page builders, things like that. But Does this um, thing have – does Zipify have um... – it's, a, it's like an opinionated best practice of um, lifecycle emails, it sounds like. Well, actually, it's not a CRM. So it, do, it, it does send a couple emails. So basically, it has logic in it where um, if they say yes or no to your upsell sequence, right? If you, so let's say, you, let's say – so the way it works is on tagging. So you can tag a product with an upsell uh, – what I call an upsell tree or an upsell funnel. So you can say this, at product A – when they when they're gonna purchase when someone purchases product A or has product A in their cart, show this product, this product, and this product as an upsell. If they have product B in their cart, show this product this as an upsell, this product as a downsell. So you can build these funnels, and then it has logic in there that's like, well, what if product A and product B? What if product B is in the upsell funnel of product A? What do you do then, right? So there's like all this logic that makes it work with multi SKUs because the way that upsells traditionally work, this concept of post-purchase one-click upselling, and tell me if I'm getting too far out, but this concept of post-purchase one-click upselling comes from the information marketing world, um, comes from the 
um, sort of a, a cost per acquisition uh, world. Like it's it's not a new concept, but it's never been applied to e-commerce because because usually what happens is when you're going to do post-purchase one-click upsells, it's only one item being bought on the front end. You know exactly what they came in with, so it's very easy to develop a unique um, and relevant uh, tree of offers to someone because you know the product they purchased. Well, with an e-commerce store, they might have you know five products in their cart. So what do you do then? And that's the problem that we've solved with this application is we've we've spent like nine months developing logic and an algorithm for this particular issue, which is if each product has its own unique set of offers related to it, what do you do when they all end up in the cart together and all this kind of stuff? So, um, and, should, and yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Should, uh, uh, should store owners be thinking about their product mix? Um, I typically tell people, you know, think about it like a product ladder. You know, if they start where are they going to start, you know, let them start in different places on the ladder. But imagine it is like you're going through, uh, you know, a, a life cycle with the products. Yeah, you're talking about like an ascension ascension model where it's like you've got a sort of um, like, hey, they came in on a face cream. The next thing they're going to want is a, nice cr- a night cream. And the next thing they're going to want is a serum. And the next thing they're going to want is a mask. So design your... Uh, post-purchase email automations, which we should talk about because uh, a good chunk of our uh, post-purchase um, repeat offers come in the form of emails based on what someone did or didn't buy. I think actually that it's the individual skew that they came in on has a life cycle after it. And each individual skew has its own sort of tree of offers that happen. So like, you know, they come in on a mask and not a face cream. Well, then we're going to have in the post-purchase one-click upsell funnel a face cream and some other things. And then in the email sequence, uh, we're going to have other offers, right? Because in Clavio, what you can do is you can tag people based on what they did or didn't buy and then have unique emails going out to them. Right. So, hey, they, they never bought a mask. Put them on the mask sequence. So what we do is we treat our e-commerce stores like we would an information, like an, like an, an information business. And let me explain that. So basically, if you come in and you purchase – uh, our flagship product at Boom, which is a Boomstick Trio, which 60% of our initial buyers purchase that cosmetic item. It's a three-item package. It's a bundle. So you come in and you purchase that, and you don't purchase our second most popular product, which is called Boom Silk. It's our moisturizer. Well, you're going to get our traditional post-purchase sequence where we thank you. We have a couple pre-arrival emails getting you excited about um, you know, the product that's coming, You know, showing you how, what the box is going to look like and giving you some content, linking to our FAQ, showing you how the product is made, all this kind of stuff that's getting you real excited about the product. Then you're going to get a dynamic upsell email sequence that is that no you you know we know you didn't buy boom silk so we're going to say hey we've got a presentation coming we want you to watch it get ready for it so it's an excitement builder and then hey our presentation is ready and it's a long form video so we're leveraging what i call conversion assets you know how i talked about on the product detail page having more than one product sales video having a product sales video and your customer right. testimonials and your images those are conversion assets and in addition they all to serve those to, to bust objections right yeah they all serve to bust objections get people to say yes well post purchase we're leveraging other conversion assets such as long form videos you know webinars essentially long form video engagement sequences that ultimately lead to an offer so and are we these tell live or pre-recorded webinars these are pre-recorded man cool it's like an, and then what we do is hey we send the video out and then we send a pdf of the video because guess what some people don't want to watch they want to read and then we say hey this thing is expiring and we use a time constraint so we've got a upsell sequence leveraging a conversion asset which is a long form video to upsell one of the products that they haven't purchased and we have a sequence like that to upsell every single product in our catalog that you've not bought and by the way the conversion asset does not have to be 
uh, long-form video content in the form of a webinar. That's just what we like to use. We also use things called pre-sell pages. So we write these articles and these articles are like five makeup tips for women over 40. And then they transition into a pitch for our makeup line or the, the five top skincare tips for um, dry skin. And then it transitions into a pitch for our Boom Cotton product. And so uh, in the post-purchase email sequence, we're sending out pieces of content that then uh, allude to solutions that are our other products. So we're essentially always upselling people on additional items that they haven't purchased dynamically through the promotion of content that engages them in a conversation and then transitions into a pitch. By the way, we are also syncing audiences to Facebook uh, based on what people have or haven't purchased and showing ads that lead to the webinar, ads that lead to the pre-sale page for the product that they haven't yet purchased. And those are our most profitable ad campaigns. You can't see me. I've got a big smile on my face because this has totally changed how I look at things. Yeah, it's, 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 a whole, it's a game changer. And this is the thing. This is how you have a business that succeeds on the ad model is you go to this degree of multi-touch point marketing. And most people only ever do one touch point, maybe two. And they just don't understand any of this sort of life cycle, repeat business, upsell, cross-sell um, strategies uh, that allow you to have 30 to 40% of the people who make an initial purchase. If you do not have 30%, I'm going to say 30% minimum. Well, okay, let me drop that down just to say for an average marketer, not that you know you listener are average. I just, I've been doing this for 12 years now, and so I have a little bit more experience. But let's say you've only been in the game for a couple years. If you're not getting 15% of people who come in on a, an initial purchase, no matter if you have a consumable product or not, whatever kind of product you have, if you have multiple products in your line, that are relevant to one another in some capacity, like let's say you sell a bike light and a camping lantern and whatever, headlamp, and you're not getting at least 15% of people to reorder, that's just bad marketing. There's nothing wrong with your, there, yeah, it's just simply ineffective and inefficient marketing. That's, that's all it is. So what I'm hearing is, you know, what you're doing, you're providing um, tons of information, tons of value up front to uh, get people interested, to get them engaged, um, to bust objections. Um, even throw in throwing social proof in there too. Um, and then, you know, once you've got them at the top of funnel, um, you're just working with just unbelievably, you know, wonderfully segmented campaigns that really make it feel very personalized. Yeah. And it's, it's, you know, the, the communications are dynamic based on what you have or haven't engaged with on a product level. And the communications are all content that lead to offers rather than hey, buy my stuff. It's like, hey, read this cool article or hey, watch this cool presentation that engages you in a conversation, gets you excited about who we are and our brand and then pitches you on whatever product with some kind of a discount and we use time constraints and that kind of thing. Like we do traditional um, uh, marketing strategies that is coupled with content, that's coupled with dynamic communication based on what you've consumed and what you haven't. This is, <laughs> this is phenomenal. All right, so um, at, at a, a high level, taking the 30,000 foot view of your approach, why do you think it works? Well, it works because we are, um, number one, providing problems to uh, – sorry, no, we're not providing problems. We're providing solutions to problems people have, right? So if your products are not actually good, you got to have good products. We have great products and our products actually work. So you got to have good products that actually work. Then you have to communicate why they work, how they work, who they work for. You have to explain the problem that people are having – if you can explain a problem that someone is having better than they can explain it to themselves and they're like, oh, this person knows exactly what's going on with me, 
I'm going to buy this stuff. So that's what it's about. It's about communicating how and why your product solves the problem that your customer is having. If your customer is not having a problem or not in some form of pain or doesn't want something, isn't desire-based, then they're not going to um, purchase that thing. I have a segment on my blog called How'd They Do. You can go to smartmarketer.com and there's a couple, there's like four or five videos in the, in the series now, How'd They Do, where I break down people's um, e-commerce funnels. Uh, I buy from people and then I talk about what they did and didn't do. And that goes right into this question of like, on a 30,000 foot view, what are you supposed to be doing? But essentially, you just need to communicate the value that you have to the potential prospect and then to the customer, again, communicate the additional things that you have that are valuable to them. I love it. <laughs> I was trying to come up with a follow-up question to that, but that was very concise. Yeah, we, we might be done. You know, here's the thing. There's, there's actually, um, once you understand the concepts here and you get how to use the tools that are at your disposal, Clavio, Facebook, um, people you know, obsess over the tools. I get that question a lot. Like, oh, what what apps do I have to have? And it, it isn't. There's no must, app you, you have, have to Zipify have. Zipify apps. You must yeah. have them. <laughs> all, all Zipify apps. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know. Whatever. Um, <laughs> it's you know you just have to understand the, these concepts, and then the tools. Like, it doesn't matter. You know, you yeah. wouldn't say to like, man, I got to get some furniture. What to, what hammer do I have to buy? Like, yeah. oh, you, what, you know, what furniture do you want to build? What what are you doing here? Totally. Um, totally. But yeah, okay. So to recap a little bit, um, number one. You have to have cross-sells and upsells to really extend Well, you need it. more products in your line than one. If you got one, if you're a one-product wonder, then get out of town. Yeah, you've handicapped yourself from day host, one. And you, you have to have a good product that people want. Yeah, yeah, and they need to have a good experience of it when they uh, receive it, which is why the pre-arrival content is so freaking important, right? Like, they need to be excited about that thing when it shows up. Absolutely. Well, what's a good example of that, of that pre-arrival content? Well, I mean, like there's hotels now that when you um, when you book for them, like they'll they'll start emailing you like three days out, like, hey, here's um, you know Joe, and he's down at the bar, and he's gonna make your drinks, and then like the next day, hey, we know you're coming in 48 hours. Make sure to get X Y Z, you know, have your bathing suits ready, this and that, because this is Colleen, and she's down at the pool bar, and she's gonna make your margaritas, and oh, this is Jane, and she's gonna do your massage, and this and that, right? So they start getting you juiced up about this experience you're gonna have, and then when you get there, you're much more likely to go get a massage, go meet Joe down at the bar, go, you know, they they sell a lot more of all of their things because they've gotten you all juiced up about it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you have to tell people what it is they can buy from you and build that anticipation and excitement. And using your example, I literally, I yesterday got back from Europe, was in a Japanese spa in Hasselhuden, uh, Sweden. Hasselhuden. And, and they literally, like, there was no information on their services anywhere. The only wow. way to know is you had to go ask the front desk. Yeah, well, I terrible. went with a whole group of people, two of our group, and we had like a dozen people, actually used any of their their upsell services because they wow. were like actively trying to not sell it i mean if you don't right. if you don't tell me how am i gonna know yeah yeah you got to communicate you know that uh, i like to say that um communication is conversion and marketing is messaging you've got to understand how to communicate that will help you convert and you've got to have good messaging i mean that's at the end of the day that's all it is it's just a communication that people, you're making to someone else uh, Storms are often afraid to communicate. I don't know why that is. Yeah, they get all like, I'm going to piss people off or I'm going to upset people or They're I don't want to make yeah. any offers. It's like, dude, you've got, uh, uh, then fine, go out of business because someone else is going to, you know, someone else is going to be making offers, making, you know, creating content, engaging with that particular um, subscriber. And um, that could be you. Yeah, your worst case scenario is they can unsubscribe. Yeah. That's it. Um, and, 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 
And the truth of the matter is if you're doing things right, I mean, they're, they're, they're not going, you're not going to get a ton of unsubscribes. I mean, I'm going to go and I'm going to pop into my Clavio and give you some numbers right now. Let me just see if I can uh, log in here. I don't, I, I, um, I use a tool called dash lane. Uh, are you familiar with it? Um, it's like it's like a RoboForm kind of tool where like no, uh, never heard of it. I'll check right, it out. Yeah, well, it's like it's like, and, but the problem I'm having is that it's it's constantly not working for me. So <laughs> maybe um, I won't check it out. <laughs> well, I think it's a good tool. I think maybe I'm just using it wrong or it's out of date. I don't know. But but um, you're using uh, Clavio. I love Clavio. What do you think? Oh, I think it's the greatest greatest freaking um, greatest email marketing. CRM and behavioral automation, behavioral dynamic automation tool in existence. It's freaking amazing. Oh my God. Okay. So, uh, let's take a look from, from 527 to 627. Today is 627. I'm not sure if I'm supposed to say that, Kurt. We're recording this on June 27th. It's okay. Uh, my store has done $1,365,818 in revenue, this, this uh, boom store. Uh, from email, 243,000. So uh, that would be 20% of my revenue coming from my email campaigns, right? Um, so that's pretty dang good. Uh, it based, and those are all post-purchase, uh, post-purchase, win back, abandoned cart, uh, that kind of stuff. Now, what I came in here to look at was the how many people have unsubscribed, right? So yeah. let's, uh, I don't, let's see how I, can, how I can take a look at that. Activity feed, perhaps. Email performance. Uh, let's take a look. I will just pull out here. Attempted order. Clicked on fulfillment. Um, I don't actually know how to see how many people unsubscribed. <laughs> Maybe I need to Off click the top on. of my head, I don't know either. Uh, no, there's a way to do it in here. So uh, here, I found it. I found it. Okay. Unsubscribed. Uh, I'm going to just pull up a chart here. So I'm looking at Clavio, okay? And I have had, I get about, um, looks like 60 unsubscribes a day. Um, I'm going to pull this to monthly. And just show you what I get every month. So I get 2,600 unsubscribes a month uh, out of uh, total people on my list. Uh, if I look at total people in my um, in my thing here, uh, I wish I was better at this. Okay, of of, of 250,000 total uh, subscribers here. Um, so that's not so bad. That's what one percent a month that I'm losing. Yeah, no, it's actually it's exactly 1% a month. Yeah, uh, so I lose 1% a month. Okay, so you're going to lose 1% a month. Go get 1% more new people every month and you're fine, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, totally not a big deal. Um, no, that, that's great to hear. I love that you shared those numbers with us. Really inspiring I think that, stuff. I think that, um, that transparency of metrics is very helpful because it gives you baselines to go off of. Like uh, my numbers may be a little bigger than yours, but, if, but, but you can get a metric like 1% unsubscribes. That's a fantastic metric to have. You know what I mean? Like uh, that probably holds true for Be Friendly, which probably only has 20,000 people on the email list, you know, like much smaller. But I imagine that the ratio is quite similar. Yeah. The interesting thing about email statistics is they scale pretty well. Um, you know, where like if you have 1,000 people versus 100,000 people, the numbers line up pretty good. Okay. So Ezra, you've said it all. We're coming to the end of our time together. What's one thing you wish every Shopify store owner would do? What do you, what do you want them to go out and do? Other than uh, number buy one, I want yeah to go out and and, <laughs> and uh, go to Zipify.com, get our one click upsell application, and get our landing page builder, which is going to literally it's, it might be bad for your business, dude. <laughs> no, I think it's going to be good for your business, but uh, very cool. Um, what I, what I want you to do is 
set up um, card abandonment email sequences, uh, pre-purchase email sequences, post-purchase email sequences so that you've got uh, dynamic communication happening uh, via email. Um, I'd also like you to set up uh, Facebook retargeting audiences based on what people have or haven't purchased with ads back to offers that they haven't yet bought. Um, I'd love for you to be doing um, consistent content. So once a week, sending a piece of content to your email list that um, is relevant to a topic or conversation that they're interested in that then uh, softly transitions into an offer for uh, one of your products. Um, I'd love for you to be running a sale campaign once every two months. Uh, I call it the Bratislava Butter Chicken Campaign, uh, which is just a, my slang name for uh, a sales campaign, holiday sales campaign, special event sales campaign. Uh, and we've got a way that we do these where we like promote them on Facebook and we send an email about them. We've got a special landing page and we send a postcard. You need to be doing that once every two months um, because if you're not running discount campaigns, I know a lot of people are like, well, I don't discount because then it trains people to only buy with discounts. That's a bunch of horse crap. It doesn't train people to only buy with discounts. If you're doing crazy discounting, like 50%, 40%, 30%, sure, then people are going to J crew you where they just wait for the J crew 30% off. But if you're like a traditional e-commerce store like me and you're doing and like, right, you just wait for the 30%. <laughs> I do it with J crew. Uh, but if you're like me and you just do 10%, campaigns once every two months and people know that like every couple months there's going to be a 10% then your your best customers your fucking pardon my language I apologize for swearing uh your your um your 10 per, you know your your customers who are like your five and six time buyers they're going to wait every two months but everyone else is going to know um so it works really well uh, I'd love for you to be doing conversion rate optimization. I'd love for you to be purchasing services from Kurt Elster to have your Shopify store updated. Uh, I'd love for you to purchase my Shopify e-commerce theme to get all my conversion rate best practices and consuming content. You've got to have a regular schedule of inspirational content that you are consuming that is getting you thinking about uh, other things than what's right in front of you. That's taking you to a higher level of thinking, a 30,000 foot view of thinking, a strategic and visionary type thinking rather than just how do I put out the fire that's in front of me today. I love it. Ezra, where could people go to learn more about you? You can go to smartmarketer.com. Smartmarketer.com, our tagline is serve the world unselfishly and profit because our viewpoint is that you actually can't profit unless you're in a role of service uh, and you're doing so with a, with integrity. So I'd love for you to check me out. I'd love for you to check out the offers that I have. Um, and uh, thanks for taking some time to listen to me talk about e-commerce. Thanks for joining us. All right. To our listeners, however this audio made it into yours, you can find out more about it at unofficialshopfightpodcast.com. If you'd like to be notified whenever a new episode goes live, Subscribe at iTunes, or you can sign up for my newsletter, critelser.com. Shoot you an email whenever we post a new episode. Thanks, everybody, and we'll be back next week. Our program was produced today by Paul Rita. The unofficial Shopify podcast is distributed by EtherCycle, LLC. We'll be back next week with more value bombs for Shopify store owners. If you're looking for more high-quality and actionable advice on learning the business of e-commerce, join thousands of other Shopify store owners on our totally free newsletter at eCommerce Bootcamp. That's eCommerce-Bootcamp.com.